It's us again at D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. One of the Kardashians is engaged. I don't know. Is this usually people's favorite, this Kardashian that just got engaged? Well, either uh, everybody turned off their podcast just now, or there might be some people sitting there, you know, with their chin in their hands, lying on their stomachs on their bed, like kicking their feet up, being like, to tell more. Well, who's usually the favorite Kardashian? Chloe? Um, okay. I think it used to be Chloe, but if we're going to go by metrics and whatnot, uh, I, mean, I think it might be Kylie. Does she count? She's Kardashian adjacent. Yeah, that's true. Who is your favorite Kardashian? <laughs> oh, Michael. Only just... wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> Only wrong answers. My favorite Kardashian is when Scott Disick does the Todd Cranes impression. Okay, that, yeah, that's a good. When he prank calls Chris yeah. Jenner, that's my favorite. Who's your yeah. Who's your favorite Kardashian? Um, mine is probably nobody. Kardashian spelled with a K though. K N O B O D Y. Nobody. That's my how. Favorite. How have they not used that name yet? It's coming. It's Courtney is going to use it because she's probably going to get pregnant with Travis Barker's child, and that's who we're talking about. Courtney, the eldest Kardashian. She's the eldest, right? Yeah, she's the older one. Yeah, so she's 42. She got engaged to Travis Barker a Blink-182. He's 45. Courtney was dating youngins for a while before Travis Barker. It felt like a real Madonna situation. And Travis Barker is a rock star. So the big shocking news here is that they're actually engaged to people their own age. That never happens. Mm-hmm. No, no. Chris Jenner probably took like a week to recover from it. Yeah, she's still on the ground. But... Um, <laughs> They've been family friends for a long time. They live near each other. Their kids knew each other. But they've been only dating since January. And they have Mm -hmm. let us know. Because everywhere you turn, you will find Courtney and Travis sucking face. Look outside your window right now. I guarantee you will see Courtney and Travis sucking face with the paparazzi around them. Oh my God, Michael, they're in my neighborhood. And you guessed it. They're on the hood of a car sucking face right now. Yeah, let me see. Oh, yeah, they're in my backyard next to my jasmine plant. Fucking fast. Fucking. They went to the (laughs) second base by my jasmine plant. Yeah, doggy style. But yeah, look out your window. You will see them. So Travis Barker always looks like a Hot Topics stock boy from the early 2000s. That's his look. And now she's starting to look like that. Like she just wears black, black leather. Right. She looks like the hot topic manager now. Assistant. Not quite yeah. manager yet. Assistant. She's saving that for she, her wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be the manager. She wants to be the full manager. She has to work her way up. Yeah. And she says so she's kind of like rocker-ish now to like match him. Like she's probably putting burnt cigarette butts in her daily salad. That's how hardcore <laughs> she is now. It definitely feels like she went to a stylist and said, okay, so I'm dating a rocker now. What can you do for me? And they're like, oh, leather pants, the ball chain necklace. You're going to wear some black skinny sunglasses now. Lots of lace up, lots of lace up moments. Mm-hmm. Lots I, of corsets. Mm-hmm. Which yes. I'm not going sh- to shit on that. It's a good look. I mean, it is what it is. But they got engaged <laughs> over the weekend after being together for less than a year. Mm-hmm. And it was a very subtle engagement ceremony. You'd barely know that they were getting engaged. I don't know how anybody found out because it was just really so private. So they got engaged on a public beach outside a big resort in Montecito, California. (laughs) There was this big display of red roses. I mean, talk about wasteful. It was like tons of red roses, like in a circle. I don't know what the shape was, but a pentagram. that that's too fitting that's they mm-hmm. i don't think they have that much self-awareness but it really should have been a pentagram you're right of roses with candles this whole thing <laughs> he proposed her in the middle of it she of course said yes there was of course paparazzi there there were of course like people who were staying at the hotel that were recording it and putting it on tiktok and it was filmed of course for their hulu show they the kardashians got a big deal with hulu yeah so damn disney and so it's going to be on the Hulu show because I'm sure everyone wants to see it. 
I mean, I have to say good for Courtney because when I heard that the Kardashians were going to get a Hulu show, I thought, where can they possibly go with this? They don't have any storylines left. Chloe, who cares about her interest and truly nobody gives a shit. Kim is divorced from Kanye. Again, nobody cares. I don't care about who Kim is dating. I truly can't. Uh, Kylie's having another baby. Snore. I'm asleep. So Courtney is actually bringing a storyline that I personally would maybe be invested in if I watched that show. Listen, Michael, as somebody, as a longtime Blink-182 fan, I can fight it as much as I want, but mall punk is in my blood and it is not something I can walk away from freely. It's like part of me. And with that being said, I like to know what is going on with the members of Blink-182. I kind of like Travis Barker. I can't believe I'm admitting this stuff out loud. I'm I'm going to get a lot of like um like mental health check-ins from people. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I understand, but if you're like a mall punk, whatever, yeah. then you should be like, fuck this. I hate him. I can't believe he's in with the fucking Kardashians. You should be oh, outraged. It's it's gross. It's absolutely gross. But I think that if he were to do that, if that's where his life is, if that's the path that his life is taking him down, um, I think that Courtney is the right choice. I would be really upset if it was Chloe or Kendall. I mean, Kendall's really young. That would be weird. But, or if it was Kim, that would be upsetting. You know what? Courtney- it's all of them. All of them would be questionable choice. And the only way mm-hmm. I'd want to see this engagement ceremony on a Hulu show is if a wave hits them. That's yes. about it. <laughs> so give us a wave hitting them and viewership will go up. Digital, just CGI it in. I don't even have to know it's real. Yeah, make us believe it. But so mm-hmm. the ring, it's, of course, a big diamond ring. It's pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis designed it with jewelry designer Lorraine Schwartz. I think she's done some of the Kardashians' engagement (laughs) rings. So one diamond expert tells Page Six that the ring looks to be bigger than eight carats and probably worth around $1 million. Oh, my God. See, that's that's not very punk. No, he should have made out of his vein. He should have pulled out one of his veins, dehydrated it, Curled it yeah. up, and that should have been her ring. That's punk. But this is mall punk, so she should have gotten her like an airbrush T-shirt. That no, says, okay, Mrs. Bark. Yeah, <laughs> or because it's mall punk, he would have taken um, a dirty shoelace out of one of his Etnies skate shoes, maybe the left one to match, like where you put a ring on someone's finger, and then he would have taken the shoelace and tied it around her finger, and been like, "Will you, will you drop into the half pipe of life with me?" Yes, he may have said that. Stay tuned for their Hulu show. But so if they get married, which I'm sure they will, um, this will actually be Courtney's first marriage. Mm-hmm. She was with Scott Disick on and off for about 10 years. They have three children together. The oldest is 11. The youngest is six. But they never got married. Travis has been married twice before. Uh, his last marriage was to Shauna Mokler. They split up in 2008. They have two children together, an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old named Alabama. We're going to talk about her in a second. And, like, Alabama's been all about this on TikTok. I think both both of their kids have. And so, of course, the Kardashians, they all sent messages of love to Courtney and Travis because they're contractually obligated to. Mm-hmm. It's a cult. They have to. They have no choice. But apparently, Scott Disick and Shauna Mogler are not happy with this news, which is Not surprising, because if you've kept up with this story, first of all, get a life. And I'm I'm telling that to myself. I'm saying that in front of a mirror because I need to get a life because I've kept up with this story. But they've both been kind of like over Courtney and Travis, especially Courtney and Travis's PDA. Mm -hmm. Like Scott has been clearly saying like, ugh to the PDA. And then Shauna has as well. And she told like the paparazzi ones that the Kardashians just, you know, destroyed her family and (laughs) have kept her apart from her kid, like have strained her relationship with her kids. Right. And so she, so sources say that Scott 
is furious about the news and thinks there's a chance that the wedding won't happen. Another source tells people that Scott is, again, not happy, has never been happy with Courtney being with Travis because he thinks there's he thought that there was a chance for them to get back together. Oh, my God. Scott needs to again. I need to get a life because I care way too much about Scott Disick. But Scott's the one out here dating teenagers. If he thought that there was a chance that him and Courtney could get back together, don't be dating teenagers. Keep yourself available. Don't get mad at Courtney just because she has found an adult male that is the same age as her. Well, he's available. All of her pop punk dreams. He's available, but for how long? Until he drives past another high school? And so Shauna, she hasn't said anything, but she did say that she's taking a break from Instagram to, what did she say? Oh, to for spiritual maintenance. <laughs> spiritual maintenance. <laughs> and she posted a Tupac quote that reads, before you ask why someone hates you, ask yourself why you give a fuck. Okay, we'll ask Steve. myself that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, can I tell you something that might make me sound like an even bigger loser than I am? Okay, if you were, if, if I was in Shanna's shoes and uh, my ex-husband was getting engaged to a Kardashian, Tell me if this is a the, tell me if this is psychotic, okay? Like, is this like a psycho thing to say? I would be friends with him, and I would not be talking shit because the Kardashians are super rich. Like, they're the richest people that I can think of, and you know that like around, I mean, not even holiday time. Literally every day of their life, they get tons and tons of free shit. I would want to be there on the periphery, being like. Hey, girl, how are you? You are my ex-husband's new wife. Love you, girl. Do you have any uh, shit you want to give away to me? Because I'll take it. All right. See you later, girl. Come over to my house for dinner on Sunday. Like, I would be making nice because it can't be it like to to hate on them gives you nothing. But to be nice to them or even just like be civil with them, there's got to be some benefits, right? No, I'd rather chew off my fingers and be nice to them. And if they were going to give me free, I wouldn't take free things from them because that shit is tainted with the dark side of Satan. So I would have to buy all this holy water gallons. I'd spend all my money on holy water to try to cleanse the Kardashian, you know, stank from the free shit they give me. And even then, I wouldn't want to use it. I wouldn't want that in my house. Okay, but I'll pose this question to you. Have you looked at the ingredients of things? There's Satan in pretty much everything these days. But there's extra Satan in Kardashian (laughs) stuff. You're going to hell, hell. hell. (laughs) So Shauna also, like I said, like Shauna's and Travis's children, they've been posting about this engagement. And she recently like deleted pictures of her children from Instagram. So some are saying like she's mad at her children. And her children have said before that they're kind of estranged from their mother. And so that whole situation is messy. It's like, it's 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 just sad because it's kind of like, you know, if they are estranged from their mom, like that's that sucks to be, you know, estranged from your parents. Like that's a really complicated sort of situation. But then... It's like you said, like there's so much of the devil in the Kardashians that then, you know, you're kind of being pulled towards that side. It's complicated in both ways is what I'm saying. They've been pulled to the dark side. And Travis has kind of been obsessed with the Kardashians for a bit. So people after this engagement news came out, people like pulled out uh, excerpts from his book he wrote in 2016. And in it, he writes about how he and Kim Kardashian used to hang out in back, back in the day and that he was very into her and he just wanted to, you know, be a gentleman around her, which was surprising to him because she just had this sex tape. So he was thinking like, you know, he would just want to like fuck her and drop her. <laughs> but he like, <laughs> but he wanted to spend time with her. And it seems like he kind of was falling in love with her. And he says they didn't touch, nothing happened, but it's obvious like he was kind of into her and wanted to fuck her, but nothing happened. So now he's like, it's weird because he writes all about that about Kim and now he's engaged to like Kim's Wednesday matinee standbys understudy, like the bottom tier Kardashian. 
It's that's very true. But it would be uh, it would be very questionable though if he was engaged to Chloe, because any then of them. That's... Again, I think it's any of them. It's questionable <laughs> with any of them. Why? Do, why am I coming across like I'm sounding like a Courtney defender? You've gone to the dark side. You, her, I have. Her face has hypnotized you. Has brainwashed you. Mm-hmm, into being voice. a Chloe defender, yeah. That mono. Oh, you know what, Michael? I'm touching like the top of my forehead, and I'm feeling like these little pointy horns. And I think I'm growing a tail at the back of my body. Yeah, you're full Kardashian now. Yeah, you've gone there. Um. So I have a question though. You think that they're going to get married? Do you think it will actually? Okay. Do you think it will actually for real go to a wedding? And if it does, how long do you think it will last? I think it will go to a wedding. What month are we in? We're in October. Probably right. early next year. I hope Scott and Shauna try to stop it. I mean, Chris is probably going to give them money to try to stop it because that's a great thing to have in their TV show. But yeah, I think it's going to happen. And the marriage, I think it'll last maybe a couple of years. Maybe No, maybe a okay. year. I don't think it's going to last because they're obviously like at the digmatization, coochie-matization stage. You know, they're at the lust stage. And once that clears they're gonna hate each other probably i could see that okay all right and you think that it's not gonna get to a wedding i think that they're gonna get married and be together forever i don't know why i honestly I, have this i'm gonna I stage like this... an, i'm gonna stage an exorcism for you because this has gone too far <laughs> hold on i'm about to talk backwards no but i think this could be like the most successful kardashian jenner relationship i don't know why i just feel it in my soul my dark side soul. <laughs> you have no soul anymore. It's um, gone. Yeah. Bacon. Okay, so let's move from the dark side to Adele. Let's talk about Adele. So Adele's new album, 30, which is her fourth studio album, comes out on November 19th. Adele's last album, 25, came out six years ago. So she, obviously she names them after the age she starts writing them. She's 33 now, so she started writing 30 three years ago. Math. Uh... 30 is her divorce album, but Adele claims it's not a divorce album. She says it's more of an album of self-discovery and self-redemption. That's Okay, the, that, that's a divorce album, though. It's a divorce album. She just doesn't want to say that. So she yeah. split from her husband, Simon Konecki, in 2019. They have a son together named Angelo. Uh, that divorce has been finalized. Adele is now dating sports agent Rich Paul. But again, 30 is not about Rich Paul. It's about her divorce. Mm-hmm. And she's been promoting the fuck out of this album. Adele is everywhere. Everywhere. She was on the cover of both American Vogue and British Vogue. There's rumors that she's deciding on between two venues for a Las Vegas residency. And she's doing a televised concert on CBS on November 14th. And she'll do an interview with Oprah to promote 30. So it's Adele Autumn. It's not Sad Girl Autumn. It's Adele Autumn. Yeah. Adele. Adele? Adele. No, Adele. Or, or you could do a combination with Fall and you could say Fadel. Fall Del. Oh, Fall Del. <laughs> but Michael, Adele really is everywhere. I think if you look outside in your backyard, she might be having a threesome with Courtney and Travis in front of your jasmine plant no don't do adele like that really she i mean <laughs> listen exist. she has better i would hope she has higher standards than that. <laughs> she she unlike you she's not going to go to the dark side yet cut no. to tomorrow when we hear about her having a threesome with yeah. surprise <laughs> courtney and travis on the beach surprise, in Montecito. We're in a <laughs> So we sort of talked about Adele's first single, Easy On Me, last week. It was just Mm -hmm. teased. It wasn't totally out yet. So it's out now. It's pure Adele. Oh, my God. It's like like if you took a songwriting class called Write an Adele Song. That's what you'd come out of it with. Yeah. Paint by Numbers, the Adele song version. So Adele told, told Vogue that it was the first song she wrote for the album. And it's about her fraught childhood, her lost marriage, and the lessons learned and unlearned about family, love, and abandonment along the way. Again, but not her divorce album. Even though this is about her lost marriage, it's not a divorce album. Um, She did tell Vogue that she wrote the album as a way to explain to her son 
about his parents' divorce. But again, not a divorce album. Not a divorce album. It's about her growing as a person in the wake of a marriage that didn't last. Again, not a divorce album. (laughs) Yeah. And so Adele also released the video for Easy On Me. And in it, she leaves a house. And it's the same house she moved into in the video for Hello, which came out in 2005. She should have named that song Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, but there's already a Spice Girls song called Goodbye. About getting divorced, from, getting divorced from from Ginger Spice. Yeah, she could have done the divorce remix of that. So some think she's symbolizing the end of her marriage because in Easy on Me, she leaves that house. She moves out of that house. But again, this mm-hmm. is not a divorce album. No, hey, people leave people leave houses all the time. Doesn't mean you're getting divorced. Yeah, it's right? a commercial for U-Haul, basically. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Easy On Me has already broken the Spotify record for the most streamed song in a single day with 24 million streams. It debuted at number 68 on the Billboard Hot 100 in just five hours. And most importantly, what do you think of Easy On Me, Allison? I almost called you Adele. Adele Adele (laughs) That's a a portmanteau. Um, I mean, I think that it definitely doesn't surprise me that it sort of you know breaking all those streaming records because if you think about what we were listening to before which was Montero by Little Nas X I mean I'm only speaking for myself I've listened to that album probably 800 times so you know I was willing to accept anything new and then here came Adele I'm not even an Adele fan and I'm like all right I'll listen to this song and it's fine it feels like the type of song that would really like like shake me to my core if I was uh, just coming out of a breakup or a divorce (laughs) because it's definitely a divorce song Um, but it's fine I mean it's definitely the type of song I'm going to hear played a million times at the grocery store or you know in the drugstore from people's car windows Um, yeah it's like it's like a power ballad you know uh Good luck to the drag queens that choose easy on me as their, you know, finishing number because it's really powerful. But it's it's fine. What do you think about it? I think it's boring. I think it's, it's the same old, same old. I think it sounds like every other song she's done. But I will say, so I listened to it when it first came out on that night. And I was like, Snoozeville, boring. This is just like everything else she, do- she does. Mm-hmm. So then the next day, I listened to it. And I still thought it was boring, but I can't stop singing it like that. Easy on me. I cannot stop. So it's like in my head. So she's like a witch. Okay. Because she like cast the Mm -hmm. spell on my brain. And suddenly I like can't stop singing this song. Next thing you know, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy the album. I'm going to buy tickets to her residency. I'm going to cry with the other white women. It's like she put a spell on me. And you know what's so weird? Uh, me, as a white woman, I'm the prime target for this. Um, I've like had it in my head a little bit, but it hasn't gotten totally stuck in my head. And that could be because I'm possessed by Satan, you know, yes. uh, via yeah. the Kardashians. Yeah. But um, it definitely, I think that there might be something. Okay, tell me if I'm being a conspiracy theorist here. Sometimes I feel like Adele works with like scientists or perhaps magicians or witches to figure out how to write a song that will be guaranteed to stay in your head. Yeah, and probably. And you will want yeah. to play a million times. Yeah, it's white magic. Unlike the Kardashians' black magic, which you're under. Um, Callison Kardashian. <laughs> Hold on, I'm legally changing my <laughs> name to that right now as we speak. I need, a, I need to take a break. <laughs> okay, so let's end with something that I saw at the site, uh, Pajaba. So a Twitter user named Stefan Burton asked Twitter, what inanimate object gives you the ick? So what mm-hmm. inanimate object disgusts you? So his choice was shower curtains. I mean, the obvious choice is the Kardashians. Sorry, oh. Allison. I mean, they're inanimate and they're disgusting. So that is the obvious choice. But um, nobody said that, strangely enough. But other choices include toilet seat covers... You know, like the one everyone's grandma had. Cotton balls. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The part of the washing machine where like nasty shit and coins get stuck in. It's like that (laughs) rapid. 
you know what I'm talking about? That rubber yeah. part. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So there's more. People also said shared mugs, sponges, and flatware in office kitchens. Um, oh, yeah. That crap collector you put over your sink drain. Live, laugh, love signs. Um, mm-hmm. The rubber mats people put in their bathtub, like to keep from si- slipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, toilet brush holders water-stained drinking glasses, wooden spatulas, shower puffs, bar mats, toilet paper that's put on backwards. And there's two that I could not disagree with more. And I can't believe when I saw this, I should have flagged them for being offensive. But someone said crushed velvet. That crushed velvet is beautiful. So So it's the height of sophistication. It is not Mm -hmm. ick. And someone else said plastic shoes, like lucite heels. And you know how I feel about that. So talk, the, talk about being in hell. That's disrespectful. And this is coming from somebody who currently lives in hell. So, <laughs> And just wrong. Just blatantly wrong. So yep. that's not so, yeah. But Allison, what's, what's your, for you, what's a gross inanimate object? Or an inanimate object that grosses you out? Okay, two things. So one is temporary tattoos. I never liked them as a kid. There's something about them that really bothers me about them. The act of putting them on, the way that they're on. I don't know. I've never liked them. I don't think they're they're pretty gross to me. And I have a child. So I know that eventually my child is going to ask for one. And when that day comes, I'm going to be dry heaving the whole time. But you never even liked it when you could remove them. Like you didn't get some kind of satisfaction when you could rub them off. Michael, they were never on my skin to begin with. Oh, you've never gotten one? No, no. I, no, as a child, I would not put them on. Never. No. You should try it. You should try it. It may um, surprise you. Oh, the act of removing it feels almost even grosser than putting it on. Ooh, but my second one is fruit stickers. Fruits? You know, like, oh, ba- stickers like on banana fruit. stickers or like, yeah, like the produce stickers with the number. Those make me feel really nauseous. Uh, really? Why? Because you yeah. think, like, are you afraid to eat them? <laughs> I'm afraid to eat them. I just, the look of them is gross. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. It, so one of my friends knows that they bother me. And um, so she has put them on me before. Like she's like taken uh, whatever, a sticker off her apple and then put it on my skin. And that, uh, like, that'll send me the over the edge. It makes me feel physically ill. Like I don't feel well. I feel like I need to like leave a room. And like wash that my hand like a million times. Yeah. So if this was an episode of Mori, what I would do is I would force you to get a temporary tattoo of a fruit sticker. Oh, God. That's, Michael. That's what I would make you do. <laughs> All right. So you said shower curtains. No, that's what the Twitter, the Twitter user said. I Mine is not okay. shower curtains. Mine, okay. one of, I have three. So the first okay. is wall-to-wall carpeting in a bathroom. Oh, I've yeah. stayed in Airbnbs where that has been. And I'm a dude, so I know that sometimes when you pee standing up, a dude pee standing up, pee can hit the floor. So in a wall-to-wall carpeted bathroom, it hits the carpet, it stays there, it dries. So all I can think about is inhaling dried piss fumes, which <laughs> is not my kink, surprisingly. If it was, that would not be on my list. So that grosses me out. Another thing is, okay, this grosses me out, but I like it. So like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. It's probably just me. But my okay. bathroom sink drain is always nasty. It's, it's <gasps> I know me. what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. And so when I pull, like sometimes like a string of hair will like gunk will gather around it, like just collect, collect, collect. And pulling that out, it both grosses me out and makes me happy at the same time because it's like cleansing it well and it's kind of like okay that scratches the same itch as like pimple popping videos yeah exactly that's what that is yeah it's like pulling out like my drain is like giving birth to this string of disgustingness and it's just cleansing it pulling out okay i'm i'm with you on that that's gross but i that's like satisfying yeah, it's very satisfying. So my third is, which it doesn't really give me the icks, but it's mostly annoying, baseboards. Mm-hmm. Because baseboards Peace always board. get dusty, and I do not understand the point of baseboards, except to give us something else to clean. <laughs> I, knew, I know it's for aesthetic reasons, you know, to hide the space. But 
I'd rather have that space between the floor and the wall than this stupid ass baseboard. Oh, you'd lose so much between that little space, though. Oh, but then I get to pull it out and it'd be more <laughs> satisfying. But honestly, in these times of Corona, everything grosses me out. Everything grosses, everything should gross everyone out. So, Michael, I'm sure you are very excited about Beanie Feldstein going to Broadway and doing the first official Funny Girl revival in the spring, because I know that you're very into musicals. Yeah, I'm so excited to see. (laughs) Are you like a are you a funny girl person, though? Like, do you like that musical? I like it. I wouldn't. I, I don't think I would pay to see it. No, you wouldn't buy a ticket to go like to fly to New York to watch it is what you're no, saying. No, that's not one of those shows. There are shows that I would do that. That's not one. Would you fly to New York to go see Beanie Feldstein in Funny Girl? Well, Michael, I can truthfully tell you, I've never been to New York in my life. So I don't think that Funny Girl would be the reason that I go to New York. But if it was a Kardashian in Funny Girl, you would be f- right there. You would sell all your belongings to buy a ticket, front row seat. You would be there. Oh, in front of my microphone right now would be a cartoon cloud of dust because I would have just zipped away from it so fast to get my suitcase and hightail it to the airport. Yes, you know me too well. So Beanie Feldstein is in Funny Girl, but when that news happened, like when it was announced, Leah Michelle's name started trending on Twitter. And that's because Leah Michelle has been kind of living like uh, Barbara Streisand cosplay for most of her career. And also she did like a funny girl. Uh, There's like a moment on Glee where like they did a revival of funny girl and her character, Rachel Berry was in it and blah, blah, blah. So basically everybody kind of started talking about Leah Michelle when Beanie's stuff was announced and Leah Michelle played it off as kind. Like she congratulated Beanie on Instagram but it feels like every time we talk about Beanie Feldstein and Funny Girl, Leah Michelle's name gets brought up in one way or another. So Beanie Feldstein was recently talking to Andy Cohen about being in Funny Girl. And he asked her about the situation with Leah, like her trending on Twitter. And this is what she had to say about it. So people can finally stop talking about this because... Uh, Beanie Feldstein doesn't know Leah Michelle. She said, I didn't know that any of this was happening, by the way. And 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 all of a sudden people started explaining it to me. And I was like, wait, what? I don't, I don't even under like I don't follow any. I don't understand. I didn't understand. But um, she very sweetly wrote on my uh Instagram, I don't know the woman whatsoever. But it's like, excuse you, Beanie, the woman. That's the- like People's <laughs> Choice Award winner, Leah Michelle. Have some she, put some respect on her name. She's been invited to several Teen Choice Awards, so yeah, yeah. Leah hasn't responded, right? <laughs> no, she's like, oh, so she does know me. No, she doesn't know me. She only knows me by way of not knowing me. That's enough of a shout out for Leah Michelle. Yeah, I'm sure. well, she's probably busy trying to change her name to uh, Pia Nichelle. So she can audition as an unknown for the chorus of Funny Girl and then become Beanie's understudy. And next thing you know, she's Nomi Maloney, Beanie, to get the lead. <laughs> Except, let's be honest, would Leah Michelle go so far as to change her name? I think she would try to Nomi Malone her and be like, hi, I'm Leah Michelle. I'm trying to take over this role. That's for the reveal. That's for mm-hmm. the reveal from <laughs> Pia Nichelle to Leah Michelle. <laughs> Pia Nichelle. Oh my gosh. Okay, so moving on from uh, Leah Michelle to another person who, another brunette who maybe made the cast of a TV show miserable. So did you ever watch Shameless? I could not get into it. I watched it for one season, maybe. Okay. It wasn't my thing. William H. Macy wasn't your thing? Like dirtbag William H. Macy? It. Uh, yeah, no. Did you watch all of it? It was like seven seasons? Uh, no, I think it was ten seasons. No, there's no way that it was 10 seasons. Okay, yeah. It was a long, okay, I was into it for Joan Cusack. And then I was also kind of into it for Dirtbag William H. Macy, but I didn't watch the whole series. So sorry, sorry, creators of Shameless. But so, okay, so the Emmy Rossum played 
Fiona Gallagher, who was like the oldest uh, kid of William H. Macy's kids. And then an actress named Emma Kenny played Debbie Gallagher, who was her younger sister. And so uh, a couple of years ago, there was like an issue with Emmy Rossum. She was uh, trying to argue for like higher pay because William H. Macy was getting paid more than her. And it seemed like she was like not going to return to the show. She came back for the eighth season and then she left after that. So Emma was on a podcast uh, called Call Her Daddy. And she was talking about what it was like to work with Emmy Rossum. And it sounds like it was shitty, like kind of bad. She said that there was, she felt like there was a weird competitive vibe between them on the set. She said that Emmy Rossum would sometimes give her good advice. Like she said, she kind of treated her like a sister, but then it was also one of those sister relationships where they didn't totally get along. So she said sometimes she gave her good advice. Sometimes she gave her blatantly bad advice. And she said that if Emmy was having a bad day, everyone ended up having a bad day. And that when she left after the eighth season, the environment and the mood around the set became more positive. Yeah, so she hated working with her. Yeah, in the nicest way possible, she hated working with her. But again, it's like, I don't know who I like. I was I have never worked on the set of Shameless before, so I cannot speak from experience. But what I I know I understand why like people would be like rude and stuff like that. But why would you be rude to people that you work with? Well, what we need what we need to do is ask Emma Kenny go do a show with Leah Michelle, and then tell us which one's worse. I think I know the answer to that one. Before it, before she even goes and does it, I feel like it's Leah Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, yeah it's definitely it's definitely me, Leah Michelle. So, Michael, have you ever given up drinking? I did uh, sober September. Did you really? Yeah, I didn't have a drink of alcohol. That's why all suddenly the stores were full, full overfilling <laughs> with alcohol because yeah, I took September to stop drinking. Well, okay, that's cool though that you you did sober September. So the queen has to do sober rest of her life, pretty much. So she's 95. Queen Elizabeth, by the way, in case you didn't know who we were talking about. Queen Elizabeth is 95. And her doctors have advised that she give up drinking. So they want her as fit and healthy as possible for... She has a platinum jubilee coming up in, I think, next June. Which means that she is she's had her job for 70 years. So congratulations to her. Job? Okay. That's yeah, I know. That's one way to put it. Job with the the biggest, most aggressive air quotes. So her doctors were like, "You have to stop. We'd like you to stop drinking." And um, a source close to the queen says she doesn't drink all the time. She's not an alcoholic. She really just drinks at night. So technically, her doctors have just requested that she give up um, her evening martini that she always has. It's been said. That she, I don't know if this is recently, but that she used to have, like, in the afternoon or with lunch or whatever, like, a uh, gin cocktail. And then she would have some wine with dinner. And then she would have her dry martini. (laughs) (laughs) And then she would have a champagne uh, nightcap. So that's what we're calling light drinking. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's, she barely even drinks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even know what it tastes like, really. She doesn't drink. She has no idea what alcohol tastes like. But no. you think she's going to stop? You think she's going to follow doctor's orders? Yeah, I think that she will. I think that she does respect her doctors because I think that she really wants to have a huge big party for her 70th anniversary. But I also think, though, that if you've been drinking that long and like it's become part of your routine, you need to replace it with something. So obviously the queen is going to show up to her platinum jubilee with a vape in her hand. If Well, if it's your 75th, whatever, 70th anniversary, you would want to get plastered for it. So maybe yeah, she's saving up for that. But no, this is, she's not, she's the queen. She's not going to listen to the doctor. She's going to get one of those like wine bag bras and just fill it with gin. And then she's just going to drink from that the whole time. No one will know. So Michael, do you know of the actor Jason Sudeikis? Yes, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, okay. Did you know that Jason Sudeikis isn't his real name? Yes, I did, actually. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, so it's not his real name. Uh, And it's not something I was expecting. When I heard that it wasn't his real name, I was expecting it was something 
really weird that he definitely had to change for Hollywood. Like, my guess is something like Cooter Skuggs. Oh, no, you you don't change your name for anything if that's your name. You flaunt it. You go into a different career entirely where they'll embrace Cooter Skuggs. So Jason Sudeikis' real name is Daniel Sudeikis. Wow. Wow. From boring to boringer. (laughs) But his name is Daniel Jason Sudeikis. So he says he went by his middle name because his dad's name is Daniel. And so his mom didn't want to be confused. So they started calling him by his middle name, which it's like, it's not confusing. You just say like, Daniel, my husband, Daniel, my son. Yeah, Danny's son. Like Danny Boy, but Danny's son. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a it no-brainer. Rolls off, <laughs> it rolls off the top. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't do that personally. I mean, it's not too late for him to change his name. So speaking of Adele, in one of the millions of interviews that Adele has done, she talked about what her last meal would be. So she said that she loves eating McDonald's and that she eats it once a week and that her last meal on earth would be a Big Mac, chicken nuggets, and fries. So, Michael, I wanted to ask you, if you were put in a position where you had to pick your last meal on earth, what would your last meal be? Well, okay, my favorite foods are fried chicken Mm -hmm. and chicken soup. I don't know. I can't get enough of chicken soup. But if it was my last meal, Mm -hmm. I'd have to go with I'd have to copy Adele and say fast food, let's say McDonald's, because after eating it, I would feel so disgusted and I would feel so grossed out that I would be ready to go. You know, I'd be <laughs> like, I'm ready to f- let's go. Because if it was something delicious that I liked, I'd be kind of sad because I'd be like, oh, no, now I'm never going to eat this again. I have to go. So I would eat something disgusting that would fuck up my bowels and have me begging to leave, like begging for mercy. So that's, I would choose McDonald's as well. What would you choose? (laughs) That's so sadistic. Okay, well, mine would also be McDonald's. But see, I approached this from more of a perspective of like, I want to go out with a bang and that's not like a fart joke, but I would want to eat everything that I love and I would want to go out feeling really, really happy, like getting that. Do you ever get like a serotonin burst when you eat fast food? No, I don't. Okay, I, I feel grossed out. Oh, okay. Well, I get a major high from it. I don't get the grossed out feeling. I'm like blissed out. So I would want to feel like that when I left. So I would also want McDonald's, but I would want to go through a McDonald's drive through and then swing around to the closest Taco Bell drive through and ask for like a sample platter or a family pack. And then I would just kind of pick and sample my favorites. And by then, you probably would have died from eating all that grossness anyways. Uh, So I I beat the system is what you're saying. But you know what? At least you didn't say like Kourtney Kardashian's avocado pudding. So there is hope for you yet. So once again, Michael and I have decided that we're going to end the show with some show and tell picks, things that we're into this week that maybe you might be into as well, or something that we find, might find interesting. Who knows? Maybe someone will be interested in the shows and tells that we have for you. So mine this week is kind of a weird sort of show and tell. And it came from um, my daughter's kind of really into she's not into reading that makes it sound like she's like my daughter's really into reading she's so smart but it's not she's just kind of really into like words and stuff now so there's a show when i was a little kid uh and it was called read along and so it was a tv show that was it was made for like ontario public television so it was very low budget and it taught kids reading it's kind of how i learned how to read it's really weird it's like hosted by like a talking boot puppet and his girlfriend which is like a talking shoe puppet anyways it's really fucked up but the thing that it reminded me of though was that's not that's far from the most like fucked up uh like low budget province specific tv show that i watched as a kid so my show and tell this week is a tv show called telefrancais which is um it was wait so your show and tell is not this talking shoe and his talking girlfriend shoe 
No, it's inspired by the talking okay. shoe and his girlfriend. Okay, that's okay. The reason I'm pitching Telefrancais is because it is not a show for adults; it's for children. But if you want to watch something when you're kind of like, if you want to watch something weird for ten minutes, or maybe you, I don't know, maybe you're high and you want to watch something. Read along is definitely something to watch, but I think it might be too scary for someone who is high. Telefrancé is enjoyable though. So it's um it stars two human kids named Jacques and Sophie. They like hang out in a junkyard and their friend is a puppet that's a talking pineapple. And he the pineapple looks a lot like Liza Minnelli. Uh and also the puppet is like a showman. So he he oh, dances, it's a boy. He... It's a man puppet or a lady puppet. So or I non-binary, think, non-binary. Yeah, to me, it, his name is Ananat. To me, Ananat is non-binary. Uh, he's definitely gender non-conforming. Uh, he could be anything. I think that they, the pronouns they use for him, though, I believe are him, his. So I think Ananat is, I think he identifies as a, a boy puppet, a, a boy. boy pineapple. Yes, but like I said, he definitely like bends many of the rules and expectations you might have in the 1980s for a pineapple puppet. Um, so he likes to sing. Uh, he's very, uh, he's got a big personality. Um, the theme song of this show is a banger. Like there's a lot of songs in this show. The theme song is great. Move over Adele. It'll be stuck in your head. Um, but there's lots of puppets. They all speak French, by the way. And so you don't have to speak French to enjoy how weird it is. All the puppets kind of have that like uncanny valley look to them where it looks like a human wearing a mask. Even though I know it's not. I know it's a puppet. They definitely look like people. And um, yeah, each it's all it's all canonical. So it's like every episode kind of has something to do with the last episode that you watched. Sometimes there's full storylines. Um there's also a uh there's these characters, reoccurring characters. They're skeletons and they have like a 1980s pop band, but they're also really terrifying to look at. They're very scary. Uh anyways, it's a it's a weird show. If you ever like read delisted and you wonder why Emily or me or Christian are the way that we are, it's probably definitely in part to Telefrancais because Every kid had to watch Telefrancais. If you went to public school, which I believe all all three of us did, um, teachers would throw on tapes of Telefrancais like crazy. Like that's all you would watch. So it, all how my, long did it run for? Two years. Two years. From the, they, in the eighties. Yes. So it ran in like nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty six. But then it it ran on um, like a public television station for oh my god a full decade after that into like the year 2000, maybe. Um, but all the episodes are on YouTube. You can find tons and tons of clips. And um, yeah, it's like a weird experience. Like you, if you watch it from an outsider's perspective, if you didn't grow up with this, it's the kind of thing that you would watch and be like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I can't believe that this is something they would show in schools to educate kids. But Have you shown them to though. your daughter or without like freak her out? Okay, so she enjoyed the talking boot and the talking shoe. She really liked that one. Um, I put on Telefrancais and it opens with a clock <laughs> and within within like the first like half second, she went, no, turn it off. She, She's like, no, this, she, is, this is she too refused. much. She knew she, she picked up the vibes from it and was like, uh-uh, I'm not into this. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Anyway, so that's that's mine. So, Michael, what is your show and tell for this week? Mine this week is a music album or specifically it's an EP uh, it came out in August, but it's been in heavy rotation on my Apple Music. It's called Isles, and it's from Angel Olsen. So Angel Olsen mostly does, like, indie folk rock. And she, like, you know, brings the raw emotion and seriousness in her albums. But Isles is not that. Isles uh, is a cover album. So she covers five songs from the 80s. The, the music blogs call it a departure from her usual music. <laughs> and it. she said she did it because she wanted to have some fun and do something unintentional for the hell of it. So, okay. and the covers are like very dreamy, poppy, sleepy, slowed down. It's like songs from 
Gossip Girl or uh, music Virgin played suicides? M- music played during a montage on a CW show. Oh, okay, I like it. Kind of like that. So she does covers of Laura Branigan's Gloria, mm-hmm. The Safety Dance by Men Without Hats, mm-hmm. Alphaville's Forever Young, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face, mm-hmm. and If You Leave, aka the Pretty in Pink song from OMD. It's no, it's no easy on me, but or no uh, Telefrance theme song, but. It's perfect for, like, those of us who are children of the 80s who are now grown up. Okay. Is it, like, dinner party music? Like, you'd put it on when people Maybe, are because it's moody and dreamy. What I would do is I would um, listen to it while in a bath, you know, maybe with a joint. Fill your tub with 80s bubbles, your favorite 80s bubbles. Like, mine, uh, strawberry, um, it's shampoo, but I use it as bubble bath. Oh, um, strawberry swath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Use mm-hmm. that as bubble bath. So, yeah, and just bliss out to it. Okay. That sounds very cool. So, definitely download that. If you, you know, if once you're done downloading the Adele song, then download Isles. Yeah, and download uh, Telefrancais theme song. Yeah, some and there, real... you, you've got your playlist for the weekend. That's a party. So, so those are our show and tells for the week. And that ends this show. As always, please email us at dtpadulista.com. If you've got a question or a note, um, we'll be back next week. Probably dehydrated from crying our eyes out from listening to um, Easy on Me. But yeah, but we'll, we can we'll replace our, We can replace all that sodium, though, by going and binging at McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.